Hello and welcome to your free episode. Free episode. No, of Trash no, Future for wrong the week. way round. You're doing the sexy voice. They have to earn that. Okay, sorry. Forget I said the sexy voice. Uh, welcome to your free episode of Trash Future, the unsexiest voice I can do. The unsexy do. yokel voice. <laughs> Trash Future. Yo, yo, was this one of them powdered casts? Mm. Um, I'm I'm Riley, and for this week we've watched the absolutely terrible, god awful uh, Netflix BBC collab. Dracula. If you, by the way, if you want, are in London and you want to see a not terrible show that's not a waste of your time, then of course I would say you must, must, must get a ticket for Trash Future Live. We are doing a show on March 11th at Voxel Comedy Club, same place as last time. Um, come uh, get a ticket. Links in the description. You'll enjoy us. And if you're in Bristol, check us out at Bristol Transform Festival, second year running. That is going to be on March sixth. Sixth. Yes, I looked at Milo approvingly. He did indeed nod. Uh, so if you're in any of those locations, come and uh, do say hi to us there. Links will, of course, be in the description. Uh, I'm also here with Milo in studio. Hi, it's me. Just got back from a weekend away in Oxfordshire, ready to talk about one of the worst televisual experiences I've ever had. Uh, also partaking with us in this delicious televisual feast is a newly crisp Alice in crispy Glasgow. With a new microphone kindly provided by my two beautiful podcast families. Uh, mm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in the mind palace, I'm zoned in, I'm jacked on, I'm ready to talk about this dog shit piece of television. <laughs> mm. And uh, we are also joined uh, by veteran culture critic uh, Leslie Lee of the Struggle Session podcast in America. Leslie, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm so sorry that we had to have you on under these circumstances where you had to watch this quite, mm. uh, frankly, awful, boring, but deeply British show. <laughs> um, so, you know... I've tried to watch some Stephen Moffat stuff, Elementary, of course. It was garbage. It was horrible. I, I hate it so much. This Dracula show, I enjoyed more than anything else I've seen from him. It's still really bad, um, but this is the most enjoyable thing I've seen him mm. do. So maybe he's improving or something. It, uh, it, it's a curate's egg, isn't it? There are parts of it that are if not excellent, kind of fun, and then the rest of it just kind of ruins those experiences. Mm. Because... Yeah, trigger warning up the top for some of the worst dialogue I've ever seen. Yes, that's right. We are... It is, it is time to delve in, especially for the, again, for the benefit of our American audience, to the awful writing on Dracula that is Moffat and Gatiss, which is basically an adaptation of the uh, novel of the same name by English romantic author Rob Zombie. Um, <laughs> Moffat... Moffat and Gatiss uh, are known for writing. They wrote Doctor. They wrote some Doctor Who, I believe. Uh, Matt Smith, the most bored Doctor, and uh, some of David Tennant. They also wrote uh, Sherlock, the sh the show that started out promising, and then by the first commercial break was just a mess of cliches and contrived dialogue clanging onto the ground. That's mm. what they do. Is they they're kind of working their way through the like English literature canon for something to modernize and then ruin. Uh, so we had Sherlock Holmes, and now it's Dracula, and I don't know what the next thing is going to be. The Hobbit. It's, it's Tristram Shandy. No, it's gonna it's gonna be the Iliad, but like it's gonna be the Iliad, but like set in the Horn of Africa with a, a wise cracking Achilles who um 
who who has like, cracking yeah. Patroclus, surely. Yeah, in no, a sort I'm, of gruff, like uh uh, you know, Henry Cavill Achilles. <sighs> so predictable. So do not lay the heaven this into being, please. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna do it. Um, mm. So what the the writing of of Moffat and Gatus is very interesting because it embodies a characteristic I like to call archness. It's very overdone, very aloof, but also it seems quite. It's deeply self congratulatory, and that's why I think that's one of the reasons that they keep trying to reinterpret these great works of the of the English canon because they think that they're going to be able to match the original creativity and passion of the authors while adding a fun, irreverent modern spin on it. And instead, you just get like the episode of Sherlock where they try to write the Hound of the Baskervilles and instead re- reverse engineer a strange MK Ultra called Hound. Yeah, it's it's very very bad. I mean, part of the thing, right, is it, it, ironically this is something that is it, like the vampire's curse in fiction. Sometimes is that they can never create anything new, only derive. Uh, it's it, it's in like Vampire the Masquerade. If you like your um, your like your role playing games, uh, you, you can't you have no like original thought. You're just kind of the shell for interpreting uh, works by mortals. So that's very good. You know, that's very like meta textual there. Um, so Leslie, have you seen have you seen Sherlock? Just to give our our listeners a little bit of a table set. Yeah. So when I remember when it first came out and people started going wild for it on. The message board. White people were just insane for British shows at that time in America. Um, people were convinced that everything that the UK uh, did was wonderful and fantastic. But what we soon realized once the streaming services started that there was like one or two good shows at best, and Sherlock was definitely not one of them. I guess I like Cumberbatch more than most people, but other than that, it's just a really dull show that gets so close to being good is more upsetting than the show that's like outright bad like all the pieces are there for a kind of interesting modern take on Sherlock Holmes but by about 45 minutes into these very long episodes needlessly long uh, episodes you always end up completely and utterly uh, disappointed and dissatisfied and that tradition mostly continued in Dracula it just took a little Longer. Well, like the, the acting in both this and Sherlock, I thought was fine, right? In, in places, good. Uh, it, it's just this millstone of a script, just kind of dragging it down to the most <laughs> basic level of uh, like, oh, well, we have to do witty repartee and we have to do banter. Uh, yes. Yeah. And, mm. and, and the banter is all in the hands of Moffat and Gatiss, and as such, is awful. Mm. Episode one of three, 90 minutes of pure thunder and lightning. And I could a, have watched a th- a like two thirds of The Irishman for the four and a half hours you made me spend watching this instead. Mm. Yeah, well, what, what is Dracula if not the Transylvanian Irishman? It's a, it's a show about dudes being friends and traveling a long distance for some un- non-particular purpose. There's some it's age makeup. Who- uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Count Dracula needs some protection from uh, from uh, the villagers. I can do that for you. I heard I you suck you, veins. Um, I don't know why my my Frank sounds like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, Frankie, Frank, <laughs> Frankie Sanders. Frankie. Um, so, episode one, we meet Jonathan Harker, uh, lately of the Dracula novel, now uh, capably capably played by I think uh, Philip Heffernan, um, looking all kinds of fucked up. Yeah, he lo- uh, he looks like the Chernobyl firefighters after handling the graphite. 
he he looks like uh, a version of Hellraiser that it's safe to take onto a plane. Um, <laughs> and he's met by a nun named Agatha. Um, and it's made clear that Harker has fled from somewhere he's in terror of. And then uh, he's informed that, in fact, he was with Count Dracula. And the first question Agatha Spooky. asks is, did you get gay with Dracula? Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, a dirtbag question. Win- yeah, when she said that, I thought, because I didn't know anything about this series, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the Dracula where Dracula fucks now. That's going to be the angle yeah. of the show. Like, But like, but he doesn't, like, fuck at all in this show. He has wives, but he doesn't sleep with them. He just feeds them rats and stuff. So he actually does not sleep with Jonathan Harker. Potentially, you know, like, it's already squash raising and then squashing that expectation that you might have. Of like, oh, you're doing something interesting, maybe. Well, you know, Mo- Moffat that- and Gaysis love doing that. And especially they love doing that with uh, with homosexuality or with bisexuality. They love to, like, throw it out there as a little thing and then just reel it back in, never, like, paying it off at all. They did it with Sherlock and that sent uh, Tumblr crazy because, oh my god, you know, Sherlock Watson, what a cute couple. But they never, ever commit to anything like this because it would be too interesting. Yeah. Maybe the whole subtext is that Agatha Van Helsing isn't terrified of vampires, she's just terrified of gay guys. So she <laughs> needs to check that straight away at the start. To be fair though, she is not she is not uh, terrified of vampires. In fact, she's almost weirdly blasé about them. Yeah, she's but... got some kind of nanny og sort of energy in the whole thing. It's great. <laughs> so, the uh, only good character, I will say. So, if, yeah, I'll admit, Agatha, good, well-written, good actually well-written character for the first two episodes. But uh, so we are we are asked if he was ever gay with Dracula in a storyline that is presented the idea of Dracula as this sort of very interesting sexually sexual sexual creature that is, again, just never paid off. No, he, he's he's seductive, but it's curiously PG like mm. he kind of like he licks things and he touches things and he he grasps thighs. And there are lots of like quivering mm. bosoms, which, you know, I'm as big a fan of quivering bosoms as anybody, but it, it just really feels uh, like kind of, it's a fucking cock tease of a show, is what it is. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a sex themed Dracula, but certainly yeah. not a sexy Dracula. I mean, at some point he climbs out of a wolf naked, and I have to say that means the Dracula is a furry. <laughs> so we flash back to Transylvania, and, and Jonathan Harker is now telling a story. Looks much better. Uh, is in a coach in Romania, and and is told by some creepy townspeople to just wait on a country road for there's monsters up that path. Yeah. yeah, you're just hitting all of the classic Dracula beats in this first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. uh, and it, it is then revealed that Harker is married to a woman, uh, engaged to a woman named Mina. Again, uh, just where we get all the classic characters from Drac are coming back. We're not leaving, we're not leaving a single stone unturned. Um, yeah, it's the Dracula him, extended universe. Who, who <laughs> sends him a long and detailed letter that basically says... Um, I'm, you could fuck some people you meet on the trip because I'm going to fuck. I might even fuck the girl from the bar. That's that's the thing. There's, there's another bit of the, like it's a kind of like gay flirtation there. But where... it's to show to show that their relation... Because the, the only way that Moffat and Gatiss know how to show something is good or competent or whatever is to show people being very flippant about it. That's like cool because she's like casually bisexual in a way that's never really going to have to be engaged with. But also, you, it's it's the same thing, and I'll I'll, I'll I, I feel like if if the, Moffat and Gatiss ever want to show a character being good at something, uh, or being knowledgeable, or being competent, the only way they can do it is by putting them in extreme peril and then having them react as though they're bored. So it's like it's like Sherlock is like be like getting like fucking 
people would be shooting an AK at him, but he'd just be sort of checking his phone because he can just predict where the bullets are going to go because he's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Jonathan Harker uh, then arrives at a castle that appears to have an awful damp problem. Like it's just set up to be creepy. Like the idea that people just live in Roman ruins. Um, yeah, I didn't really get uh, this whole thing that like, oh, Dracula lives in like a, a ruined or like decrepit castle. Like why? Why would he do that? Imagine Dracula doing some plastering is my answer. Just doing some like <laughs> light home renovation. Hell yeah. What, so, uh, Leslie, what are, you, what, are you, what, are we, what are we thinking so far at the opening of the first episode, the setting, Transylvania? Well, see, the thing is, it's, based, it's exactly from the book, right? I actually really enjoy uh, the novel Dracula. It's one of my favorite books. So all of this setup is ex- exactly like it is in the book. Jonathan Harker going to the castle, writing letters uh, to Mina. The difference is, and again, like... So in the Dracula novel, like it's all about Dracula coming at falling in love with Mina, coming after her after he's corrupted Jonathan and like he's been like fucking Dracula's brides. That's like the subtext in the novel. And that's already in so this, much more sexual than this. Yeah, exactly. Like so in this one, Jonathan does not fuck Dracula's brides. And also Dracula doesn't get horny from Mina and go after her, really. Like they, they, like the mo- the this is so much less sexual. Maybe it's more violent, but they really tap down on all the sexuality other than we learn that when Jack Dracula drinks your blood, he pretends to be like a sexy woman or a hot guy when he's uh, drinking. The real transgender, yeah. <laughs> so uh, basically, then uh, we, as a viewer, for the first time, get dracked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a Dracula who starts out looking alarmingly like Jimmy Savile walks in, uh, and Jimmy then, Savile come old Greg. I, 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 I will also point out this first episode is entitled "The Rules of the Beast," which is much funnier if you live in Scotland. <laughs> uh, and, and then begins to drop some classic Dracula lines, like "I do not drink." wine like every mm. dracula in fiction is yeah, supposed th- they to. all yeah. fucking clang because they try to get all of them in so it's just like it, it's going from one to another like a haunted house you, you like half expect it to do the like castlevania dracula and be like a man is a miserable pile of secrets the deep lore of this episode is that dracula only drinks umbongo so, uh, <laughs> so uh, uh leslie you're a big fan of 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 Dracula book, can you just so we don't have to spend too much time on this first episode and instead get to the monumentally stupid episode? Just give us a quick pricey of kind of how to get us from here to the Abbey. The Abbey, okay. So pretty much almost nothing happens except Dracula tortures Jonathan as he does uh, in the novel. But the difference, big difference here, is that Dracula actually turns Jonathan Harker into a vampire. And this is kind of the most interesting thing the show does is its definition of what vampirism is is different than anything I've seen because if you get bitten by Dracula, Dracula, a number of things can happen to you. You can most of them just die. Apparently, they just die. Some of them become like almost zombie-like revenants who con- who maintain consciousness um, throughout their death, but they continue to rot into dust. Uh, Dracula says, but they still remain conscious the whole time. That's the worst thing that can happen to you. Every so often, you might turn into a vampire, but you'll be more of like a Nosferatu feral-like vampire. Dracula is the only vampire who's able to maintain like his sanity and his intellect because he's um, epic. Yeah, because he's so smart and he has a mind palace or whatever. He's the only one who does that. That's something Mm. that is never addressed. No, by the way, 
It, it's implied that it's because he drinks the blood of noblemen, and that by drinking mm. the blood, uh, you you, beca- you are what you eat, basically. Damn, Damn. pedo Dracula. I, I think it's a little different. The implication is a little different. I think if we really drill down, his power is, his special power as a vampire is that when he drinks blood, he absorbs the memories and thoughts and personalities of people who he he drains. Um, but that's a side, that's not like the reason why he stayed uh, smart. At least, I, I don't know, maybe maybe that's the, uh, maybe I'm being too generous. Uh, to there was them, a line, there was a line that said that it was like to do with his like, his breeding and his attainment and his intellect in the first place as an aristocrat that he like got this sense of discernment so it's mm-hmm. already very like dubious weirdly the only way to be a successful vampire is to have a Habsburg jaw really helps with the biting so uh so essentially um Harker uh, we, another sort of real clangor of a Moffat and Gatiss line is when Harker says aside from yourself is there anyone else living in this castle and then Drax Draper says no Jonathan there's nobody Living, living here. Yeah, just Ooh. waggling eyebrows at camera. Also, Dracula looks extremely fucked up at this point. Like, Savile does not quite cover it. Like, he's mm. he he's fucked up looking, he's old, he's got like liver spots. Uh so so the main the main thing, the main Jonathan Harker is still kind of the main character right now. What he has to do is get out of this castle that was like designed by a madman and there's no map. Would would you say that it was uh, in that sense an escape from the vampire castle? <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, J- J- Jonathan Harker needs to escape from this castle so he can go listen to Russell Brand talk at a university. <laughs> um, so uh, basically, he's but he also sees this message scratched on his window: "Help us!" And he's like a noble Englishman. So he, even though he's getting weakened by his Dracula's feeding on him, he's kind of running around the castle trying to like find who scratched this uh, note in English on the window. Because yeah, these people might have heavy earth minerals or something yes. else that could be useful to the queen. <laughs> um, yeah, they're doing the knockout game. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, that happens, and he ends up in like the room of a thousand jump scares when he meets all these revenants. Then he meets some of the brides of, of Dracula, and Dracula admires his uh, stick to and then decides instead of just draining him and making him a revenant, he's going to make him a bride of Dracula, which basically just means he drains you yeah um, damn it he's gonna bust in that ass if only right like it, it's it, that's the closest it gets to being at all explicit uh so what harker decides to do is escape the castle and kill dracula but to do that he needs a map of this castle which is unmappable and this is where they do the real moffat and gatus shit because apparently dracula already told him where the map is yeah the map of the castle is hidden in the back of the painting of the architect's wife because he said he longed to return to the sun and see his beloved and wouldn't you know it that weird creepy metaphor was all the things that jonathan harker needed to make the bizarre leap of logic that it was hidden in a painting yeah, and also he says that Dracula himself doesn't know where the map is, and so somehow Dracula is dropping hints about where the map is despite not knowing where the map is. Yeah, he got no, like that's... a video game hint. You know what it is? That's um, it's 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 like almost the opposite of Chekhov's gun. It's like um, it's like it's like throwing guns onto the stage. Yeah, yeah. But this episode <laughs> suffers heavily from Chekhov's strap on, i.e., the fucking that never happens. <laughs> uh, Anyway, um... Wait, why so would Dracula need a strap-on? He presumably has a dick. Vampires have no dick. <laughs> That's Ooh, the cost. The cost the, of immortality. The true vampire's curse is you're immortal but have no dick. You cannot fuck. You can only get some ball sack action. Um, anyway. Yeah, as Dracula becomes healthier, his ball sack looks less like his face and vice versa. 
<laughs> so what uh, then what what happens is we're, we're cutting back and forth between Agatha and uh, and Jonathan in the um kind of like cop interrogation of him in a convent. Mm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Good nun, bad nun. Yeah. It's, you half expect to see like a, a one way mirror with a bunch of nuns behind it smoking. <laughs> It's, <laughs> you're off the case, you Womack. <laughs> Why am I not surprised, you piece of shit? It's revealed Turn that, in your scapula. <laughs> it's re it's revealed that uh, Sister Agatha is actually Agatha Van Helsing, the famous vampire hunter from the uh, uh, books. And, and this is my assistant, Schwarze Piet. <laughs> she's Dutch. Um, yeah. And so what we constantly wearing blackface or putting blackface what, on. What it comes down to is uh, Harker mm. escapes by when he realizes he's been made into a vampire. He retains some of his consciousness, jumps off of the the castle, is drifted out to sea, is taken back to the convent. At this point, he remembers that he's a vampire. Is like, oh shit, I forgot to breathe. Uh, fuck. And then um, Dracula turns up at the convent, and then there is actually again a pretty good scene. Yeah, because he's Dracula. like, "Where's my wife?" And yeah. uh, Agatha Van Helsing like traps him with a portcullis and just yeah. kind of baits yeah. him and taunts him. Uh, because yeah. he can't, he can't come in if he's if he's not invited. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. Pretty, so Le Leslie, I'll throw it to you. What did you What do you think of the end of episode one, where Dracula has has got to the uh, got to the convent, and they're sort of taunting each other back and forth through the gate? See, so in a sane um, country, what you would do is that you would make that first episode, the Jonathan Harker thing, where he's going to Dracula's castle and he escapes as a vampire. Then the whole second episode is this really interesting premise of Dracula outside this uh, nunnery, this convent, and picking them off uh, one by one. That could have been a whole episode instead of the last 10 minutes. Have you considered one and a half hour episodes only? <laughs> No editing. Uh, absolutely refuse to like allow my my vision to be compromised in the slightest. Uh, Hell yeah, yeah. Uh, Moffat, this is also like Moffat and Gatiss just will not allow themselves to be edited. No, no, they they are they are now too successful. We have in fact created a monster. If you want to move to a different English Gothic novel, um, and like yeah, they they absolutely refuse to like let anyone stop them from making a series of feature-length films. It's awful. Uh, yeah, and that so end on a cliffhanger that is not explained until, that is not fulfilled until two-thirds of the way through to the next feature-length uh, film that they make. Mm -hmm. Look, this, this, is this is a is... death march of a series. Look, what they did is they read the secret sequel to the book, Save the Cat. Which tends to just write a really fucked up story that doesn't make any sense, but don't do it in a cool way like Uncut Gems. Do it in a lame way like this. So this is the Zyborn clock. <laughs> so the other thing, <laughs> Dracula's just going around making bets. The other thing I've noticed: four Draculas on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> the other thing I notice is uh, that, like, when Dracula turns up to the convent as like a plague of bats. I get, because they want to show that Van Helsing is an interest is is a competent uh, vampire hunter with lots of sang froid. She just says, "Oh, how interesting!" Or when Dracula eventually gets into the convent and like throws a nun's severed head across a room, he might as well have just been on his phone checking Twitter with his other hand. They're so bored. Every character mm -hmm. is so bored. That's how you know someone's smart is that they appear uninterested. <laughs> Hell yeah! So um. I will I'll, in episode two. I'm going to gloss it pretty quick because basically episode two is the journey to England because that's what Dracula Ooh. wanted to do. It's a fun murder mystery. Uh, yeah, but 
Imagine it's the part of the novel Dracula that was so interesting that it does not appear in the novel Dracula. <laughs> yeah, so this is actually what if Dracula was Murder on the Orient Express, but also it is um it's Dracula Apocrypha. But also it's well cuz the the voyage of the Demeter cuz like Dracula is written as an epistolary novel. It's all journal entries and newspaper clippings and letters to people and so on. Um but I, I mean the voyage of the Demeter is just like a note, like, uh, oh, weird, a ship arrived and the whole crew was dead? It, weird. It, it is how you answer the question, how does Dracula get to England? A question of the kind that we see Moffat and Gatiss be presented with having to answer, and their answer is, well, spoilers, but we'll get there. An, an hour and a half of some boring nonsense. No, I was, th uh, so yeah, I, I, was, I was thinking of their other plot hole where they're like, well, we have to resolve this. How does this character know this or get here? Uh, and and br the, the Bram Stoker answer is, uh, it's a ship, it's boring, so we're not going to write about it. And the Moffat and Gatiss answer is something much more contrived. <laughs> uh, well, it's, uh, it, yeah, it's, what I find very interesting is it's a retelling of Murder on the Orient Express because it's a bottle and there are these murders on this ship. But it's like, what if... Instead of society, what the, the murder book, is Dracula. Murder on the Orient Express started with chapter one, line one. Here's who did it. Hmm. No suspense. <laughs> Zero. Actually, that's Knives Out, actually. Mm. Well, there are <laughs> yeah. things that can make that interesting. It's just that this isn't one of them. Uh, because like what what you're interested then in then is like a how done it. But like mm. Dracula is... He dracked him. Yeah, he, he dracks stuff. He's magic. He does magic <laughs> stuff. Uh, he, va he vapes a big cloud of tomb that follows <laughs> yeah. the ship for but a week. did he fuck them? <laughs> yeah, he basically... He, he covers the whole ship in a fog, and then he just starts dracking people the entire episode. <laughs> he literally... He, like, he just fucking jewels them into a big fog, and then murders them one by one, in exactly the way you would expect a Dracula to murder people. Yeah, and um, you could have told the story in a way where there was some tension about whether Dracula, you know, actually succeeds if they yeah, are, if he if was vulnerable at all. But he's but he's they, never vulnerable because he's too smart. Yeah, and they also tell you from the beginning they framed this episode too with another interrogation of Agatha interrogating Dracula about the ship, which you think of, which you assume takes place after it. So there's no real tension on the ship, and then you realize the reveal is that oh no the interrogation is actually taking place in agatha's mind while she's on the ship which is you know a fine twist but like you have sacrificed all the tension that was coming mm. before it just to get us to this twist that really when it happens then we're like oh then okay now they cool. can fight yeah exactly I nice. fucking hate that it was all a dream shit. Fucking Moffat and Gaddis love that. Yeah, they love doing... Yeah. Uh, I, I kept thinking of it as close-up magic, right? Like, you you see this plot twist that seems very impressive and, like, makes you go, oh, wow. And then you actually think, what did I just see? And it turns out it was just a guy throwing a deck of cards at a window. And you're just like, <laughs> okay... But yeah, you could really hear Moffat and Gaeta's high five when they were like, oh, and then it turns out that the secret infirm passenger in the secret cabin is Agatha all along. Yeah, and, and like, it's not like Damon Lindelof where like you write yourself into a corner and then your way of writing your way out is by doing more and more plot twists. They do genuinely think that they're doing something like significant to the plot here, and it is supposed to tie into some overarching vision, which makes it worse that the result is is so incoherent because what you get is um 
I guess this this the reveal is later in this show, but I think it's worthwhile just t- revealing this now, which is that at the end of the at the end of the story of the first episode, because it sort of cuts when uh, Agatha and Mina, Jonathan's fiance, are like cornered uh, by Dracula, um, that uh, uh, Dracula is fascinated by Agatha because she doesn't seem to be scared of him. Instead, she's just bored by him. So he's like, a, I guess he's like a toxic masculinity guy. She's nagging him. Yeah, she's basically she's nagging, nagging him. He's like, he's like, damn. He's like, this girl's not interested in me. How intriguing. She's not like the other yeah. girls. Oh, she's also so smart he- because she's an atheist. Is another thing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, she she fucking done. shoehorns that in. <laughs> Yeah, these these guys, their 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 idea of what was cool really is message board shit. Um, but so what? So then, yeah. So Agatha, he's like, "Ooh, Agatha, you're cool. I'm gonna bite you so I can learn all your shit." And then he takes her over to England uh, with him. Anyway, it's revealed. Oh my god! It, he's eating. He's dracking. He's just dracking it up. He's dracking it up on the ship. He's dracking it left, dracking it right. He dracks a cabin boy so he can learn how to speak German. He is goated on the sticks. He has a kill streak. Uh, uh, like <laughs> running riot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so he, he gets a chopper for some reason. Yeah, uh, <laughs> UAV online. Mm. Um, so uh, he, uh, so he basically, but he's arranged for all the people on this ship to be there by like just mi- subtly manipulating them into coming on because he wants to. And then there were none, right? The Ag- the other Agatha Christie novel that people can reference. Uh, Indeed. Mm. Uh, so he, I, I, and in the so he, he eats like Dorabella, the sexy beard wife of the secret gay aristocrat. Wait, the sexy um, beard wife? Like a beard being someone who, yeah, like a, a beard is someone who a gay man, a, a woman, a gay man has a relationship with to hide being gay. Yeah, and and they have this oh, kind yeah. of like they have this repartee on the on on the deck where uh, she's like, "Are you this like? Uh, would you be this dangerous figure of like Oriental mystery?" And, and he's like, "Yes," but it like, how can you write all of that and say all of that knowing that you haven't implemented any of it? I I don't. <laughs> Are you sexy? Yes. Damn, they're orientalizing him like like Mike Bloomberg. Um, so, uh, but sort of going through this as well, he eats eats her, he eats some cabin boys. He's he's dracking it. He's dracking everyone. He dracks an very old, hungry vampire. He, dra- he dracks an old an old countess who he met on her eighteenth birthday after freaking her out. And then after he's eating all these people, Agatha and his dreams. And this is a fucking Moffat and Gatiss line if I've ever mm-hmm. heard one. Um, Agatha's like, oh, you've eaten three people already. How will you last until you get to England? And Drax Draper says, I can get by with a skeleton crew. After all, I've worked with them before. <sighs> but skele- He's been written yeah. as a jack-o'-lantern. He hangs out with skeletons. That's what he does. That's yeah. what vampires he's, do. He does spooky shit. Yeah, it's, he's he's a hot he's hot topic Dracula. He's like, yeah, some of my I fucking am friends with skeletons. Yeah, he's like he's getting all the skeletons to do up Dracula Castle, but then he finds they're all distracted from the plastering and they're playing xylophone on each other's ribs, and he's like, goddamn fucking skeletons. Uh, so uh, one thing I do want to say is that I actually like I think his name is Klaus Bang. I do yeah, like Klaus him Bang. as Dracula yeah. in general. I think yeah. he's good. I think he's kind of channeling the Christopher Lee mm. uh, look, if not you know performance. And I think he's generally pretty, like, charming and interesting and fun. And a new take on Dracula, which I thought I would hate, but I actually ended up not uh, hating him that much. Yeah, well, this is exactly the same reaction uh, to... I, I had the exact same reaction to Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. I thought, oh, I'm going to hate this. And it turns out I liked the performance fine. Uh, it, it's just the words that you make him say don't make any sense. Yeah, I, I have no, I could not, po- except for maybe like some of the 
so and maybe in the third episode i can't re- apart from mark gatiss casting himself like he always does yeah. uh which is I, I, fucking I have, gross I, by the way i can't really find much fault with the actual performances it is the incredibly arch and smug way it's written anyway um more of the crew disappear get their ship murdered drax drax is dracking around he's drac draper um we find out that uh, all the conversations between agatha and drax draper are hallucinations um and Damn, she's smoking that lounge. And and everyone on the ship begins to realize that Drax Draper is actually a bad guy and begins to try to fight back. Um, and again, uh, Agatha Van Helsing informs everyone she's dying because she's been fed on by Drax Draper a million times by just being like, "Oh yeah, I'm dying." By the yeah, way, yeah, her, her fingernails yes. keep falling out. Yeah. P.S. I'm dying. Yeah, that that that's how you know that you've been dracked is that you your yeah. fingernails just fall out. Anyway, so we get our they they do a bunch of other stuff. We're like, oh, we'll build ourselves a circle of Bible pages around the steering wheel, and you know, some more boring shit happens, and mm. more people get killed, and they're like, losing oh. your energy doing a synopsis of this. Yeah, yes, I actually am. It's this very difficult. Drags so much. So what? So you're like, why does Dracula fear the cross? And he's like, oh well, I fear the cross because the church has terrorized peasants for centuries, and now I'm scared of the cross as well because the Catholic Church is bad. It was like, ah, Richard Dawkins, guest writing credit. Yeah, a- a- atheist shit. You know, yeah, it's cool. It's new atheist. And it's also like, but the peasants aren't scared of the church. The peasants love the church. They don't understand that the church is bad. That's the whole point. Unless you're a Cathar, I guess. But like, mm. I don't know how many of those you get the chance to eat in Romania. <laughs> no. Um, and so also it's like, okay, so wait, it he actually does fear the cross. But outside of his crazy castle, where no sort of where there's like non-Euclidean geography, geometry, or whatever, like the world is full of right angles. There's a mast. There's a mast on the ship that's one big cross shape. <laughs> like, mm. What the fuck? It's they just they just do not handle this. Anyway, yeah, in um, Peter Watts's uh, novel Blindside, oh, uh, yes! oh my god, they, I, I'm, they, I'm, I'm hanging up the call now. This is my fi- I, I was gonna make this comparison, Leslie. I'm glad you're doing it. Please continue. Yeah, and they vampires are just another species. They're not supernatural, and they uh, a species that went extinct because there's something about right angles that gives them seizures. Because you don't actually find any, uh, according to the novel, I think it probably is true that you don't find any right angles in nature. Only well, when there are very, people... very rarely do you find yeah. perfectly intersecting right angles in nature. Yeah, and Rarely. so and so that and so once you know human civilization started, this ended up being the way that humans got rid of the vampire species, and so they give them basically like anti-epilepsy medicine to help them deal with it. Yeah, and it's fucking anti-Euclidians they call it in the book. That's by the way, if you want to know how to write a vampire, because a lot of what this what this show does, it, it tries to say, oh well, we need to know why does he fear the cross? Why does he? Why does he? Uh, why will the light burn him? Why? All of these things, the, the, the thing that gets repeated by Agatha is, no, these things must be one thing. They must derive from one, they must be expressions of some tendency. And the answer we ultimately get at the end, uh, which, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, I might as well no, just say it now. It's not a spoiler, it's very boring. Yeah. No. It was it's just it's that, a really dumb reveal. Which is that, oh, he, oh he, all of it's in Dracula's head. He doesn't, he just... He fears what the cross. Superstitious. He fears what the cross represents. Bum, 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 he fears bum. the concept of of light because you know he's he's afraid of death or whatever. Basically, whoa! Well, the real Dracula was the friends we made along the way. Yeah, he's afraid of dying, and that well, is it's, it's even yeah. weirder than that because you know when I watched this show, right? It, you know, before I watched the show, I thought it was possible 
to understand the British mind. I thought it was knowable. <laughs> but after watching this... I've been working on it for eight years, Leslie. Yeah, okay, because this show, Dracula, is he's not a foreigner. He's a British. He's the British Empire, right? Yeah, he, he absorbs smart- Britishness from this British yeah. guy. Yeah, he's smarter, he's better, he's powerful, he's lived all this long time, um, but he finds that the only thing he really wants to do is die. He just wants it to be over with. And the reason he fears the cross and the sun is because it reminds him of other people who died who were brave enough uh to die before him they say something about oh you were a warrior and all your line of warriors and all your warriors died on the battlefield and you are still around british empire why you still exist you need to die we need to die we need to bring this to, to a close we've seen the modern world we have nothing to offer it we just need to die that's what this show is about when they advertise it it says that we're going to show a vulnerable vulnerabilities of dracula that have never been shown before and the vulnerability is that he's an aging empire that just needs to go away and that's that that's the theme of the show and I, I, when i got to it i was like this is so fucking bizarre does every like this small vampire bean and, 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 and you and, could you could do this so much better and more quickly by just reading the quiet american which incidentally one of pete Buttigieg's alleged favorite books i'll just throw <laughs> that one out there um so any case uh, what we what we get is like is they try to do this grand unified theory of, of vampirism that you've explained leslie and the, they, I feel like they just they really don't earn it. At no, uh, there's nothing that Dracula no. does throughout the series that is sort of thrown into a new light. It doesn't make yeah. any they sense. They don't earn anything. Uh, they just throw it into the script, and it just kind of it just kind of sits there. But so the the last thing on this on the idea of making a unified vamp- vampirism theory, Blindsight does it well because they like th- because the Peter Watts actually thinks okay, what are the elements of the vampire myth? How can I connect these things together in a way that's meaningful and is meaningful for the plot and explains the way that people interact with one another? Whereas here, we just have a bunch of vampire stuff that's sort of tenuously connected by a theme, and that theme is brought up in the last five minutes of the series. And, Which again, that's good writing. And what I want to note is that you don't have to do this. You don't have to explain away this vampire stuff, especially when you have a because Peter Watts, he's doing a hard sci-fi story, and he wants to explain vampirism away only using science, real science, which is cool, which yeah, is super cool, yeah, mm-hmm. which is fine. And then, and then you also have other most vampire stories; they just lean on the supernatural elements and don't try to scientifically explain it. You have some things that kind of mix the two, like a, maybe a blade, um, but with this one, like okay, you've explained why he fears these things, but you haven't explained like. What is vampirism? Where does it come from? How, why and how does he transform into a bat or a wolf? So if you're not explaining any of that stuff, you don't need to have an explanation for why he is fierce crosses or sunlight, especially if you don't have a good explanation for I, it. I, I, have, I have a name for this genre, and I'm going to call it I fucking love science fiction. Uh, it, it's it, because it is. It is. It is speculative, but only in a like a soft scientific way. Where things like like atheism is very good, and like believing in yourself is very good, and the Catholic Church and superstition that's very bad. Um, but like mm-hmm. I, the the point that I, I I feel like you're making, Leslie, and I, the one I want to agree with, especially, is like 
we're not interrogating this on the terms of blindsight or hard SF or anything. By its like on its own merits as a piece of like let's say middle brow uh, like BBC nine PM drama, it's just not entertaining, and this is why because it's mm. it, it's just so poorly written. <laughs> so well, it kind of it has this thing of like the whole like kind of like pablum that we're fed by British TV and particularly like BBC and ITV like drama and entertainment shows where it's just like kind of like it's stuff to make dumb people feel smart. Yeah, like, that's the only thing. It's like it's like stuff that's actually incredibly stupid and facile, but it's phrased in like a hoity-toity way to make it seem like you're reading like Infinite Jest upside down. The, the only thing that it's missing is David Tennant playing like a child murderer. Um, because that, that's that's the only other thing that like British uh, prestige drama knows how to do is giving David Tennant the role of like child rapist or something because that's subversive, which is, which is unfortunate because he's a very charming man. Yeah, anyway, actually they should have given it to many of their TV presenters. Yeah, he's he, he's a, he's a fine uh, actor, but he does love taking roles where he's like, ah, oh, you didn't expect that from me, David Tennant, did you? Because I played this nice man and now I'm playing an evil man. So anyway, moving us on, uh, the ship uh, then goes down. They, 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 Agatha Van Helsing and the captain sort of unite together to sink the ship before it can get to England. Uh, and then Drax is, he's Draxing it up at the bottom of the ocean. He's under the sea. He's Drax, Drax 2, Drax uh, seafloor. He's, yeah. he's in the game lobby having been kicked from the first yeah. one for being too goated. Yeah, he's spectating. Anyway, so, um, but then Dracula Walk, he 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 lands on the bottom of the seafloor, but holy shit, they didn't stop him. He walks up onto Whitby Beach, and then Milo, what happens? The most annoying twist to have ever occurred in a Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss drama. He arrives in England in the modern day. What? He d- they literally do the M Night Shyamalan's The Village twist, where you <laughs> think it's olden times, but it's not. Uh, Leslie, did you expect this, and how pissed off were you when it happened? You know, I actually, I thought that this, that was the premise of the show. I assumed that it was going to be Dracula in the modern day, and what I liked about the first episode is like, oh, when, especially when you get, got to the convent, it was like, oh, this is just going to be, like, new stuff that happened during, you know, Dracula's time, uh, in, you know, the fuck, whenever Bram Stoker wrote it, uh, but then when it gets to the modern world, you know, completely bizarrely uh, at, before the start of episode three, I was still kind of like, okay with it because the show, it hadn't been good, but it hadn't been horrible yet. Yeah. It does. Uh, it so doesn't was, make that turn yet. Yeah. So I, I was kind of okay with the twist, but of course, looking back, I wish they had never done it. Probably the moment when like Ag- Agatha's, um, Descendant niece, shows who looks up, exactly like looks her. Looks exactly like her. That fucking sucks. I hate when anything does that. Um, <laughs> the yeah. incest in the Van Helsing family yeah. is like a weird uh, subplot of this. Um, so basically, yeah, we what happens is holy shit. Yeah, and she's at the head of like a bunch of like Range Rovers and helicopters, and then they just are like, and Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss, you could hear them rubbing their hands together as they're about to like write Dracula as a fish out of water in 2020 UK. Except they can't do. It. He's still like composed, and he's like, "Yeah, of course I know it's camera. Like, you know, I'm not dumb. I can guess." 
Yeah, I'm so smart. I'm amazing at guessing. Yeah. <laughs> he gets into his mind palace. He predicts 150 mm. years of uh, of technological development, and he's like, "Oh, a helicopter. That's cool." Uh, yeah. You got anything else though? Because I don't know. It's kind of boring, actually. Yeah. Uh, he's like, "Show me the hentai. I've been imagining it in my palace." <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that that happens. And then again, just disorientingly, we cut back and forth between the beach and then a woman's house into which Dracula has just broken. Mm. And there follows an indescribably, <laughs> an indescribably stupid scene um, where I can only describe Drax as going full Steven Pinker as he interacts with just a normal person for a while. It, it, is, Owen, it is Owen Wilson voice. Wow. About yeah. everything. So what he does is uh, he goes into this woman's house. He eats. He drags up her husband. Um, he, who, he, who is who is abusive because they're working class. Yeah, of and course. then he locks him in a fridge. Uh, and despite having despite having easily guessed what a camera was, he can't imagine what this white box might be. No, and so then there follows um, Drax being like, "Yes, your husband was abusive." So of course I I ate the shit out of him. Um, yeah. Then yeah. she was like, "Oh, is he drunk?" And and Dracula was like, after a fashion. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Such uh, but delightful uh, repartee they have. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Actually, she's sponsored by Strong Food Art Foods. <laughs> <laughs> so Dra- Drax goes full Steven Pinker on the woman and, and is like, wow, you've got this car, a magic picture box, food on command, lights that you can turn on and off. I've lived for 500 years and I've seen the greatest kings of history who would think this was a palace. You know, you know the mm. Holy Roman Emperor barely got any cool ranch flavoring in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're telling me that you wash your dick every single day? Why? Commodus could barely have dreamed. <laughs> Um, Leslie, I'll, I'll throw it back to you as well, because this is kind of a trope you get, right? Where there's, in, in stories, it'll be like the, you never had it so good, you, fuck it, you, you, you should stop being socialist, because the kings would kill to live like you do. You know, I haven't seen this trope uh, too much. This is, again, like, really? a thing. It's a British uh, thing, maybe. Yeah, exactly, that's what I'm saying. I think it's like a British thing, where it's like, you working class people, you don't know how good you have it, all our kings and queens uh, lived in hovels compared to what you have, so you should just be uh, grateful for it. Uh, and I don't think that, uh, frankly, I think that I don't think that's something Dracula would say. I think he would be <laughs> like, like I think he would still look down on like common people and commoners and be like, actually, your house is a fucking mess uh, too. Like you have all these conveniences and you live and you still live like this is fucking pathetic that's i think that's more what he would go this is what you spend your time and your days doing when you could be doing anything it sickens me that would be like more interesting more compelling but no instead he just uh, he does the steven pinker uh look line go up yeah there are two things that are annoying about this section right first of all have you been to a palace Like, who, what kind of fucking king who'd, like, lived in a fucking palace would be impressed by this fucking two-up, two-down in, like, an English suburb? Like, what? Yeah, he might be impressed by the television, but he wouldn't be impressed by the room. Like, what the fuck? It's a small room with, like, shitty 70s decor. There is nothing impressive about it in any way. Two... It sounded Sorry. like he was excited by like they had books on the shelf and like little mm. figurines and stuff or like a Funko Pop or some shit like that. <laughs> I, I maybe maybe the running water 
was the main thing. The, mm. the old timey thing was set in 1897. We see yeah. Mina Harker typing on a typewriter. It's yeah. not that different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they had fucking electricity. <laughs> anyway, and then the second thing is, is like the whole like him being impressed with the television. Like, oh, there's all this entertainment on demand or whatever the fuck, which is an amazing leap on the basis that at the time of Dracula talking about how your modern life is so amazing, what you're watching on your television is this absolutely piece of shit drama with terrible dialogue. You'd have been better off reading a fucking book. A <laughs> uh, book. Um, I just also love the idea. It's like, it's like the other thing, like Alice, you noticed this, is that in the modern day, this doesn't really happen in the early episodes, but in the modern day, Dracula does do a full soy face when he's about to bite someone. No, he does it in the old ones too. He like, every every time he drains someone of blood, he like leans back and he goes, <laughs> but he's doing the soy face while he does it. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's also amazing is everyone Dracula bites appears to like nut as he does it, which I well, enjoy. It's, it's, again, it's because- they're, It's horny, but it's never horny enough, right? Well, it's, mm. it's, it's one of these things where it's like two-dimensionally horny, where they were like, what's a horny thing someone could do here? Not like, how could we how could we write like about like desire and revulsion at the same time? They're like, no, what if it's horny? Make mm. it hornier. Um, anyway, so there's a big clatter as this woman then- This is, this is another thing Moffat and Gatiss do, where- magic just enormous amounts of infrastructure are made available to people in the plot for like no reason like how i don't know like sherlock is, various sort of ancillary characters in sherlock are able to command like battalions of mercenaries to like drive through surrey or whatever they love a good mercenary they love we love to see uh like the same six extras wearing gray t-shirts and plate carriers with nothing on the straps uh yeah mm. it's great we love it um, so there's this big clatter and then like it turns out like what this was all a setup because like they were waiting for Drax to come into this house and Drax up the husband um, maybe as part of a divorce and uh, then the woman she, she, she sets up the claymores so that when he rounds the corner he like loses his kill streak. Yeah, so she, he, there's a backhoe, tears the roof of the house off, and then Agatha is like, you got to get in this coffin so we can like go and study you. Um, and it gets, it, so that's a big question. Did they just kill that guy to capture Drax? Probably. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No, because they're anti-vampire, but they're also anti-violence against women. And so that's why that guy had to die. Yeah. So uh, well, Where do you get a backhoe at night in Southern England? You can't even get them like on weekends, I don't think. So uh, Agatha, well, Agatha, Agatha Jr., Zoe Van Helsing, who looks and talks exactly like Agatha Van Helsing. Yeah, but she has uh, bangs now. Yeah, she's uh, got mm. some very interesting opinions on gender. Uh, walks in, <laughs> uh, and Drax, of course, hits her with the bite, but then he can't stop puking. What? What? Because oh, we've introduced no. a new vampire rule, which is the blood of the dying also is poison to them. She's been drinking white lightning, and he yeah. doesn't like it. <laughs> um, she pauses his Drac hole, and yeah, he's just <laughs> sick everywhere. It's great. A better version would be Dracula comes back in the 80s, but obviously doesn't know about AIDS. <laughs> That's been done. That's been done. <laughs> yeah, I hate to keep saying Vampire the Masquerade did this, but Vampire the Masquerade did do this. Indeed. So, um, Drax is then covered up in a coffin and taken to what appears to be the isolation warehouse from the end of Indiana Jones and the uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hmm. Um, but but also the like underground MI6 base from uh, Skyfall. Um, yes. Yeah, it's both of and those. And it has sunlight countdown clocks and things of that nature. It appears to be... It's an epic Dracula fighting bunker. 
Yeah. I love that Skyfall plotline because it's like, oh no, we're going to have to go to the old secret MI6 <laughs> in the tunnels. Dumbledore's MI6. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this this is, wait, what? Does, why, how was the government just expecting Drax to just pop up on the beach and then murder that particular guy and then mm. get put into this thing where we've had, like, again, clearly been built for a while, a Drax holding bunker? Why are there uh, undead things that just seem normal, but the rest of the world hasn't prepared for it in any way except for, like, this one group of people? Anyway, that's not explained yet. They do reference the existence of Sherlock Holmes in a line in this episode. Oh, Just so what? you know that... Oh, didn't they in the first episode, actually? Yeah, yeah you're right. It was. I have a detective acquaintance in London. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. uh, so it's all no. in, the, in the Moffat extended universe. God, it's just an annoying extended universe where people are sort of slipping into trances where they're imagining words come up in front of their eyes and just sort of snarkily talking down to one another and being bored in gunfights. When people are texting where they show the text on the screen as like a little floating pop-up. So, anyway, uh, Drax gets Drax gets dragged away, and then we cut to Lucy Westenra. Again, uh, just another character from the book. In the original book, she's sort of the object of desire of many suitors, uh, and Drax just keeps on, like, draining her. And so the suitors and Abraham Van Helsing have to team up to stop Dracula in the original books. So, yes, we have a role in which a woman is attractive uh, as a plot point. I'm sure the people who turned Irene Adler into, like, this weird sex dominatrix aren't gonna fuck this up. No, not at all. Absolutely not. Which is one of the weird things about also how Gatiss and Moffat write women, which seems to be... Yeah, one of them. Yeah. It seems to be, like, they can... Lucy Westenra is... um, She's her main personality point is that she's hot, but that she thinks death is cool. Yeah, she's goth hot. She's yeah. Avril Lavigne. Which, it, it, but it's the same. It's in fact, this goes back to something we met, we mentioned about um uh, uh fucking um Black Mirror on Struggle Session, Leslie. Which is like the whole thing of we need to show that this girl's cool because she's not frivolous like every other girl. Yeah, like, that's the thing that sets her apart. Well, she is supposed to be, you know, frivolous and treats, you know, men like garbage and, you know, um, has her, the man who's in, the boy, really, who's in love with her, has to watch her, like, date all these other dudes for their money, all this other shit. But she's actually, you know, secretly in her heart of hearts, like, just a really, like, goth girl who also wants to die uh, similar to Dracula, and that's why they get on. Mm. Yeah. So, Lucy Westenra is portrayed as this cool, mostly for most of the episode, and again, just doesn't build up a kind of mord lust. Doesn't just not, none of this is built up at all. It's just she's when, just like an ego. Like yeah. she, she posts she posts a selfie, and there's a little like flurry of hearts that come out of the phone, and it's like, whoa, she's addicted to the likes. Yeah, you, you, um, you made, we live in a fucking yeah. society. Anyway, and the other funny thing is, uh, and this is mostly, I think, just for not just British listeners, but people who live in London specifically, is that she just loves going out to clubs and dancing, and she likes to put on a sparkly dress and go to listen to Deep House in... Like it's 2005. Fabric? Every single club scene takes place in Fabric. Yeah, except Um, the music's not even Deep House, it's like pop EDM. Yeah. And and then like, I love to go uh, oh. to fabric and listen to Armin Van Buren. Yeah, I I, I I don't. I mean, I consider Deep House to be pop music. Actually, that, that, uh, that's the most <laughs> I consider mids loud thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, and then uh, and then she and her uh, her gay friend, whose main personality point is that he's gay, um, 
And has a he has a hat and he's gay, yeah, which is a function of being gay. The thing is, you know, a fake gay guy because the hat comes off. <laughs> so it, it, it just like clips on like a Lego guy's hair. They show that she's super wild because then they leave. Uh, they go from Fabric to the smoking area of Corsica Studios, uh, which is across town, but apparently behind Fabric, uh, where she pees behind some dumpsters to show how fun loving she is. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Sure. Why not? Like, the plot is basically the same as uh, Fright Night, the 80s vampire movie, where Dracula gets the, uh, where a vampire gets the hots for, like, a young modern girl instead of the old Victorian girls. And it, um, in, in Fright Night, he, the, you know, the younger woman ends up, you know, really loving her boyfriend and rejecting uh, Dracula. In this one, she ends up falling in love with Dracula, um, but she gets, like, fucked up and cremated alive because of that. And Dracula, yeah. to his credit, is still like, I still love you, babe. I don't care what you look like. And she, yeah. she, she, because, because he looks like fucking Slavic uh, Jimmy Savile. Every time they show him uh, go past a mirror, he looks like fucking Croatian sex offender. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Speaking of which, there's also one bit which I definitely noticed where uh, he he says something to Van Helsing where he's like, well, as we used to say in Vladivostok, and it's like, he is from Romania, which is not near Vladivostok. You can't just take two things which sound sort of Eastern European and be like, ah, they're near. Yeah, it's, like, it's thousands of miles. <laughs> thousands. <laughs> Um, it's near Korea! <laughs> As we used to say in, in California. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm walking Cowabunga, here. Cowabunga, dude. <laughs> I'm walking here. So, um, but we meet two of Lucy's suitors who are sitting in fabric just talking and not, you know, doing ketamine in the toilets. Um, mm. Which is a simp doctor uh, and then a rich Texan Chad. The latter of whom... It is literally the, the virgin and Chad meme. Like, yeah. one of them is, like, skinny and fucked up and looking at his shoes, and the other one is, like, just insanely ripped and has this massive jawline, dresses entirely in neon colors. Anyway, he's there to uh, to marry Lucy so that the simp, the simp doctor can be simp, and that as soon as he marries Lucy, he's like, well, goodbye forever. You'll never hear from me again. Yeah, that's that's the rule with the Chad. And then the the amazing thing is that the Good simp doctor's that opening is. line is like, uh, so, uh, Lucy tells me you have money. It's like, <laughs> who? This is set in Britain. Like, maybe in America, but not in Britain. Anyway, so they leave the club. Um, and I get gay friend is just like, you know, simp doctor, I think you're very cute, actually, if you want to go for a drink or something. And then that again, that plot. Yeah, you, you, you can you can mention gay stuff, but so long as you never, ever, ever follow up on it. The love that dare not speak its name. Uh, so we um we are walking through the arches of what appears to soft, be the soft homophobia of, of early retired plot lines. <laughs> so um basically it, he gets a call from Jonathan Harker. What? I thought he was a, he all, he all got vamped up and killed in episode 1. What the hell? I need a big like M Night Shyamalan swear jar. <laughs> um and so uh simply yeah, who actually is Jonathan Harker in this? I I didn't really get the that. The lawyer from the beginning. Yeah, the guy the guy who gets like fucked up Chernobyl head. Yeah. No, 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 Oh, it's no, the Jonathan no, Harker it, Institute. Who is in the modern... Wait, so there isn't actually a Jonathan Harker in the modern era. No, 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 he's just put it in his phone as Jonathan Harker, but it's, you know. the, it's the Jonathan Harker Institute for Advanced Vampire Studies. Or <laughs> oh, it's so fucking stupid! Because Mina, of course, had a lot of money, and then she cooperated with Agatha Van Helsing's descendants, who all look exactly like her, <laughs> like that Alex Jones meme. Even the dudes. Fun, to fund the Mark Fisher Institute for Advanced Vampire Vampire castle escapology. <laughs> oh, <hell yeah. laughs> 
and it's ba- it's basically just the you know the 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 bunker center for drac studies and it's just vampire torchwood or vampire Eunice if you prefer doctor who uh it it is like they cannot write anything without having one of these weird mercenary SWAT teams with a bunker on call and so they <laughs> have to write it in Honestly, in every man there live two marks, Gattis and uh, the other one, Fisher. Fisher, yeah. So uh, it's the uh, the funny thing is, yeah, it's like it's like yeah, right, it's it's like um, help to buy ended up just constructing underground mercenary secret bunkers all around the southeast. But yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, also, Mark Gattis playing Mark Fisher. Yeah, there's Stop just, there's just some that. millennial who actually owns the bunker who's just like, yeah, I mean, I don't really need a bunker, but the mortgage is underwater, so I'm stuck with it. <laughs> I've got three jobs. <laughs> i got to put this Dracula in here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so he's put I in a... right to my landlord to be like, can I keep a Dracula in here? And he's like, ah, <laughs> uh, well... Mm, no. Yeah, and there's this, and the same plot exists in, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and the movie Cabin in the Woods is basically just the whole... You know, secret organization with tons of funding uh, built to capture monsters has been done and done to death. I guess the innovation here is that Dracula, instead of breaking out, has his lawyer come and say that this is violating his civil rights and they have to Amazing. let him go. Incredible. The, the yeah. worst scene in four and a half hours of this shit. Was yeah. when they were like, sorry, due to political correctness, we have to let a vampire lose who's going to kill everyone. Oopsie daisy. Yeah. And that's uh, You're why. going to jail for not respecting Dracula's pronouns. <laughs> and that's why they only let incompetent lawyers on Little St. James Island, like Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they were like, oh, it's so fucking annoying. So Agatha drinks some of Dracula's blood that she takes from him mm. um, in this, in the Drac chamber. Um, and and she gets the dra- the magical Dracula powers. But what's very yeah. what's very interesting is that uh, yeah they do the twenty four thing of ah human rights, um, and they get the thing is they gave Dra- he could contact his lawyer because they gave Dracula an iPad so he could read, but then he just guesses that the Wi Fi password is his name Dracula. A, a bit that they reused from Sherlock, where Sherlock unlocks a phone because the phone's lock is Sher for Sherlock. <laughs> and, and Dracula can read minds. We've shown that he can. He doesn't even have to necessarily drink the blood. He can hypnotize people and read their minds and their yeah, thoughts. He, he, he can. He can vape out fog, and he never does that again. No, he, I would he, love it. He has every power. He never tar- forgets. He can turn into a wolf. He just, every mm. power is used once. I would love it if um if Dracula's like the Wi-Fi password was just like a normal Wi-Fi password, like twenty six B forty six three four HJ, like whatever. And he's like, I have deduced that it was that. <laughs> yeah, like, ask I, me I, how I, my, my familiar has like brought me the little card from the back of the room. <laughs> so it says BT Open Net. So um, what we end up with is a few months later, he's let out because of political correctness, um, and then Renfield is now like you know. Properly, re- it's Mark Gatiss just Renfielding out, um, just eating flies, writing Dracula's God on stuff, and at one, and then Dracula's got a cool Dracula pad, Dracula pad, um, with Renfield just there being like, Master, you come to me with a genuine plan for what do you call it? World domination, a line that comes from nowhere, and more importantly, goes nowhere. Yeah, he's just That's- doing, he's just doing Chad stuff. He's he's anyway. just like a single vampire in the city. So Drax actually is using Tinder now to find women, and that's where he found Lucy some time ago. Lucy just keeps going to him because she loves getting bitten. And and he bitches about it because he's like, oh, this modern world, you can get everything delivered, even food, as he's swiping through Tinder. 
Yeah, millennial. Yeah, because we're we're always on that phone. Yeah, always on the phones. Anyway, oh, by the way, uh, is the Harker Foundation still a thing taking an interest after Drax got his human rights? Do they keep trying to fight the vampire or do anything? No. No, that, that done and dusted. Halfway through the episode, the main organization for the protagonist is now gone. Well, they what they fail to acknowledge is that obviously like Dracula would be a huge boomer, so like he would be, you know, he would just be like on Google reviewing the band Vampire Weekend. Like I went there, there was very few vampires. Very <laughs> disappointing. They call this music these days. There's another plot line they forgot. There's a plot line they keep bringing up about like the sinister funding of the Jonathan Harker Institute, and then they just forget, and it just mm. doesn't go anywhere. So I think if we want, I'm, I'm going to try to wrap this up <laughs> soon. Lawsuit from the Epstein Foundation. I'm going to try to wrap, wrap this up pretty quickly because, Leslie, I'm aware you're on a bit of a schedule. But it seems like this was just the first thing that they wrote. And they just, there was no second draft of this. At no point did it get edited. No one reviewed it. And they seem to just like, they, they just seem to sort of not even improvise anything because all of the lines were sort of clang with a sort of, with a thud. Um, what, what, what is your... How how do you feel? Do you feel like this is something that really suffered from no rewrites? I, I mean, I don't know. It suffered from the fact that they didn't actually have... They had a few new things to do with Dracula, maybe, and vampires, maybe. I think... Uh, actually, I think maybe they had something... To do, they wanted to do a vampire show, but because they have done Sherlock and Hyde and the, uh, this other stuff, they thought it had to be a Dracula show, and it had to be about Dracula, when they don't really have anything to say about Dra- some, you know, guy from Transylvania. They don't have... Any, they don't reuse any of the things from the novel, which, you know, is about this fear of, you know, foreign investors, foreign money, that that sort of thing. But, but Dracula, he's just like an old British guy um, who's just like so much better and superior than everyone else that he needs to die in order for the rest of us to live our lives. And there's only one person in all of history cool enough uh, to die uh, with him and that and that's the basically the the story of it and i i just don't know what why they made this show other than they like bbc told them like we're or, or netflix uh told them we're gonna give you uh 15 million dollars uh give us a show in six months yeah we give you 15 million dollars to make text messages appear on screen Oh, it's Brewster's Millions. They had to. They had to spend fifteen million dollars, but on a show that was not good at all. <laughs> and if it was even a little bit good, they wouldn't win the prize. Uh, uh, so, uh, basically, just so what happens, just very quickly, is uh, Lucy, uh, who's uh, tired of being an it party girl and is actually in love with the idea of death, goes to meet Dracula at a graveyard so he can feed on her. Because um, he meets people at graveyards, because yeah. he's that kind of guy. He's kooky, yeah. you know, he's a scene kid. He loves Ma- that manic pixie Dracula. Uh, yeah, they go meet at a graveyard. Um, and gay friend in the hat uses an app that may as well be called plot device with no vowels to monitor where she is. Yeah, track her to the mm. graveyard, finding her freshly fed on. Um, and then uh, and at the same time, he's like, oh, shit, uh, she's all fucked up. So he takes her back home. You're going to have to skip stuff because this drags so much. Uh, so anyway, what happens ultimately is that she she's like dead, but then gets cremated because she sort of he was going to turn her into a vampire. But they fuck up and a church is also a crematorium for some reason. Um, and Agatha and Dr. Simp and the burned corpse, the burned living corpse of Lucy and Drax all meet at Drax's Dracula pad with Renfield just gone. I don't know where he is. He's just left, I guess. Um, 
Lucy's like, I used to be beautiful. Now I'm not beautiful. Uh, and Dr. Simp is like, I actually think you're beautiful without makeup. Kisses her and stakes her. Um, <laughs> Damn. Cold. Yeah. The classic bait and switch. Yeah. And then... Um, and, and and then he leaves, and then uh, Agatha, Agatha Agatha Junior uh, pulls the curtain down and is like, ah, you just wanted the courage to die. Yeah, she and owns him like, with facts and logic. Yeah. yeah, and he was like, ah, finally someone understands me. And then for some reason, Dracula then drinks all of her drinks her blood, so she dies because she had cancer, and the sip, d- 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 blood of the dying is death to a vampire. Then he also dies, and then they're like naked in the middle of the sun, and then the end credits roll. And I felt like I'd been given too much water. And I just drank like four liters of water as part of like being fucked with in a police interrogation or something. Yeah. This was actually, this just reminded me of one of the things from the first episode where they're trying to portray like her as like a lot of the time, like Moffat and Gaddis like accidentally did girl boss shit when actually what they were trying to do was like do like, oh, we don't know what we don't know what women are like. What would a cool woman be like? I don't know. I've never met one. How could I imagine this? And there's this point where Agatha Van Helsing says to Dracula, I'm your worst nightmare, an educated woman. It's like, why would that be his worst nightmare? Yeah. He's a 500 year old vampire. Like what? Like, why would he be like it? Like, like an, an anti-feminist 4chan guy. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like the concept of feminism didn't exist when he was alive. Like at, at one point, he's like, "Oh, women's rights, crazy." He does say that, but but he, but he follows uh, that up by saying, "No one has rights." What are you talking yeah. about? There's no such thing yeah. as rights. Mm. You know, he's a- which is whoa. Well, you know what it is that conversation? That is the flash of a better show that mm. might have been. I think. Well, th- that uh, that's yeah. a show is called "What We Do in the Shadows." Right. Amazing show. Ridiculously good movie. Mm. Anyway, uh, but I know I notice we're running long. So, uh, Leslie, I want you to take the honor of final judgments. Uh, final judgment. Do not watch this show unless you are absolutely positively obsessed with vampires and you have to watch everything with it in them. Don't let your friends tell you this show is good or gets better. They're lying to you like they've lied about every single other Netflix or British show that's come out in the past 20 years. It's a bad it's show. You don't need to watch it. You don't need to block out, what is it, five hours of your life watching these really long episodes. <laughs> Maybe fast, if you if you really must, watch the first episode. And that's or, or, really that's all you c- need. Consume it like a podcast. Watch it on two times speed. And that way mm-hmm. the fight mm-hmm. choreography will look good as opposed to terrible. Captain Kirk-ass choreography Um, Yeah, I I think that's about right You should only watch this show If you're going to do a podcast about it Otherwise, just let let us do it I regret it Uh, We got one segment left to talk about Liz Smith As a Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss character But Leslie, I'm aware you're on a time constraint So I believe this might be where we bid you adieu And say thank you for coming on Right, thank you so much for uh, having me on. If anybody wants to hear more from me, check out uh, patreon.com slash struggle session. We have uh, not one, but two bonus episodes every single week. We're giving you the best bang for your buck on Patreon when it comes to podcasts. And uh, check us out. It's true. Better value than this show. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, Leslie, uh, thank you so much for coming out. Everyone do go listen to Struggle Session. It's a great show. Uh, I did an episode of it recently about um, Black Mirror. Uh, so it's worth it's worth a, a little listen. Mm. Damn! What if your Patreon was your phone? What what if that? Um, all right. So uh, Leslie, thanks a lot, man. All right, thank you. So Milo, do you know who Liz Smith is? Yeah, a well lubricated final segment here. Why don't you explain <laughs> it for my benefit? Well, that was Leslie Lee joining us for our sub our our discussion of uh, Doctor Acula, but. Uh, mm. I also would like to talk about uh, 
Liz Smith. Yeah, we had to clear the decks for this one. This happened an hour before we started recording, and Twitter was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with it, and we all had to like tack an extra ten minutes onto the end of the podcast because of it. So, um, this is from a Politico piece about Liz Smith. If you don't know who Liz Smith is, she's Pete yeah, Buttigieg. No, 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 no. Let this let this paragraph okay. be the first introduction you have to her. Okay. You have Good. to experience this paragraph unsullied. Liz Smith bursts through the doors of a marbled hotel bar in Brooklyn wearing oversized Anna Winter sunglasses, a faux fur lined coat, and impossibly thin and tall high heels. She's been written by Mark Gatiss and Stephen Moffat. Impossibly thin? She's, like for, for very narrow feet. She, she's on her phone talking to another Buttigieg aide. She puts the word fuck through every part of speech the word can be bent into. Noun, pronoun, gerund, verb, turn of endearment, sobriquet, epithet, honorific. She's practically shaking with excess energy. I tell her I've been calling around to former co-workers and associates to get a sense of how she operates. How badly, she asked me, are you trying to fuck me over right now? So, yes, written, wow. th this Aaron Sorkin character is uh, Pete <laughs> Buttigieg's at time of going to press comms director. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's operating on two and a half hours of sleep, having just arrived back in New York on a charter jet from South Bend. Um, mm. She has a three-day-old copy of the New York Post in her bag. It is, she says, the only newspaper she subscribes to. Damn, so cool. Yeah, brain, huh? bra brain stuff. Brain stuff. Yeah. Why, why, like, the New York Post is such a bad newspaper. Like, what is the, like... Because she's not, she's... She's a counterintuitive. Yeah, she's, she's, like, she's an outsider, and it's like the word on the street. And she, oh, I like yeah. to keep my finger on the pulse of what racism grandpa thinks. That's the key to understanding the world. <laughs> it's that Ameri establishment Democrats and Dominic Cummings and Mark Gatiss and Stephen Moffat all truly believe that the brilliance of the, their own brilliance is communicable only through like a mind palace, and and that you have to be able to do the like counterintuitive rebellious stuff of being an establishment Democrat or being an establishment conservative in every way except the signifiers. You have to so, do all of the same things, but read like a weird newspaper. She orders a beer, downs it, and then orders another. Whoa. <laughs> Just chugging. Fuck, she's so, so cool. She's such a chad. It's only 5.15 it's only on Monday. <laughs> Yeah, this 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 is so cool and like not worrying at all. <laughs> yeah, so this isn't alcoholism. This is being a girl boss. And so she says she can't talk right now. Her phone is literally exploding. There's a top. No, no it isn't. No, it isn't. There's a top. It is figuratively exploding. <laughs> there is a top political reporter for a major national newspaper apologizing for blowing off a meeting with Buttigieg earlier, trying to get one now, uh, asking Smith, "Will you ever forgive me?" Liz Smith, by the way, and she spells her name L-I-S because every establishment Democrat has to have a normal name spelled weird. Liz yeah. with no Z, John with no H. L Buttigieg. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait, hang on. She, sorry about the phone exploding thing. She was just trying to charge her Samsung Galaxy S8. <laughs> Liz has absolutely no fear, says Jeff Smith, a former Missouri lawmaker who dated Smith for a couple of years and considers her one of his closest friends. That's Smith with a Y, There's by the way. There's nothing too big for her. She doesn't give a fuck. She's the most competitive person I've ever known. She, she's basically a... She is basically a Mary Sue... <laughs> But she's like she she's like a liberal Mary Sue basically. It's alpha, right? She's epic. Uh, the the like running a fake Nigerian man account to like big up your own selfies, making Elliot Spitzer yeah. suck your toes in a hot tub. She she's she's cool. 
Like did I actually that. happen. Yes. What? Yeah. Uh, disgraced former New York, I think, Attorney General Elliot Spitzer. Was he an Attorney General or a State Senator? Uh, I think he might even have been like governor or something. But mm. I, either way, Spitzer with a Q, by the way. Yeah. yeah she she dated him and yeah. also made him suck her toes in a jacuzzi. Yo, that's cool though. Damn king. king. That's cool. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But it's I very think, uncut gems vibes. Yeah, but yes. I think it's funny is she's like, is she says I think I'm impressive because I'm a violinist and I went to Dartmouth and I speak French and I've traveled all over the world. I don't know, and, low, and she's I know a lot Nanny about great McPhee. apes. Like what the fuck? She says, but there are a few few times when I've you skipped a bit where she said that she knows a lot about oh, yeah. great apes and that's such a said, fucking Sorkin like relatable quirky well, thing to throw in. I think let's tie it all together. She's a Stephen Moffat and Mark Gaddis character. Yes, because they're aping Sorkin and so is yeah. she. So that that's the common source there. That's the heart yeah. of darkness. Mr. Kurtz is driving a convertible into Universal Studios with a phone in each hand and a nostril full of coke and just kind of <laughs> yelling. <laughs> Coke with a Y, by the way. <laughs> but uh, there have been a few times when I've been around Buttigieg when I know something, a factoid or something he didn't know. And let me tell you, I fucking lorded over him. Oh, really? You didn't know that? I can't believe you didn't know that. I thought everybody knew that. And apparently what it is, is what it's like to have your toes sucked in a jacuzzi by disgraced former New York Governor Elliot Spitzer. Yeah, I, yeah. That is an experience, yeah. It's a factoid. Yeah. Buttigieg's husband is way too chaste to do that. He would not. It's right in the name. Friendship ended with Amy Klobuchar. This is the top energy I want going into 2020. Mm. Yeah, so the, but I think the reason that we did want to read this Liz Smith thing is that oh, we've been thinking about this today, and it just it is so in line. The, the way that establishment Democrats talk and want to think about themselves is so in line with the derived extended Sorkaverse, which may as well include this Moffat and Gadiverse. Yeah, they're, they're all the Doctor, they're all Sherlock, they're all... Uh, I guess now Dracula and also yeah. Van Helsing. Yeah, they're all they're all Drax. They're all Drax. They're Draxing around. They're Van Helsing around. They're all trapped in a mind palace from which they cannot escape. Yeah, and and the, this is this is like uh, uh, just the dismal like failure of imagination that like this is what being epic is now. This is cool. It sucks. It sucks. It uh. sucks. It all sucks. Um, anyway, we are, we are we're running a bit long on time, so I'm going to say um, so thank you very much for listening to this week's free TF. Um, it's been as always a pleasure to talk to Leslie. It's been it wasn't necessarily a pleasure to watch this terrible show, but hey, now you don't have to. It was however um, a pleasure to think about Elliot Spitzer sucking toes. That's yeah, yeah that's gonna stick with me for a while. Hell yeah! I I, I look everyone's just jealous because everyone wants Elliot Spitzer to suck their toes. Yeah, um, that's true. Uh, Mike Bloomberg, especially. So uh, don't forget, we uh, we do have that Patreon. Um, hop on it for that second episode a week. Our theme song, of course, is Here We Go by Ginseng. Find it on Spotify. Listen to it early. Listen to it often. Milo, what are your plugs? Uh, 18th, which is t- tomorrow, today, <laughs> if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, uh, Smoke Comedy at the Seckford uh, featuring headliner Ahir Shah and also uh, Balthazar Speedboat favorite Pope Lonergan. So come and enjoy that. Uh, 21st and 22nd I'm doing Leicester Comedy Festival uh, the tickets will be in the description get tickets to that and the 25th of February and the 3rd of March uh, I'm doing my previews of my new show at the Vault Festival in London so if you're in London grab tickets to those and also don't forget to listen to Alice and Justin and Liam on Well There Is Your Problem continue 
we can continue to get the more people listen to both we can continue to get better equipment for alice to make her crisper and crisper and, and just crisper. Uh, yeah i, I can mm. turn the gender dial all the way to the right and just keep yeah. it stuck there we can get a gender whammy pedal <laughs> to get like weird super octave gender <laughs> all right later everybody bye